Hi everyone, my friends, fans, and followers. I'm so happy to be here once again to share the many stories I have to let you in on and reveal what's been happening in my life. So, to start, I've been traveling and missed you all more than you know. And in February, it was filled with going here and there and hope you all had a great Valentine's Day. Very romantic? Hmm. By the way, in my third episode, I deliberately spoke of many intimate personal feelings situations, and I hope it wasn't too much for some of you. After all, the reason for my podcast episodes is to let you in on my life so you really get to know me. But hang on, because this bumpy ride becomes a far greater, bumpier road than any of you can imagine. In my third episode, I shared many intimacies that almost never are shared, but I briefly mention a different or other Michael about whom you will learn in this, my fourth episode. I've had so many requests to share my fabulous Three Wishes episode of Bewitched, and I'm over the top with excitement to do so. As many of you already know, I was Buffy, the blonde ninny that could barely see anything without her glasses. I've given him three wishes to prove it. You what? This podcast brought to you by Malibu Sandals. Malibu Sandals was born in the heart of Malibu, California, known as the home of celebrities, millionaires, billionaires, and is famous for its beautiful beaches, surfing, and views of the blue, mighty Pacific Ocean. Malibu Sandals are known for its incomparable design, quality, and cruelty-free material, as well as environmentally friendly footwear. At the end of the show, Malibu Sandals has a special offer for the listeners. So stay tuned. Bad news. I resent you addressing me like that. I wasn't addressing you. I just said bad news. You were looking at me. If the shoe fits. I'm warning you, shoes can kick. Going back, I remember how everyone laughed on the set as I portrayed my character. And please keep in mind, they, of course, would not dare laugh until after a take, as our director, William Bill Asher, was known to be moody, quick-tempered, and actually, as a matter of fact, he would often yell at many of the actors in a way that was demeaning, such as perhaps the beautiful and lovely Samantha, played by Elizabeth Montgomery. In my heart, I felt sad for her because at that time she was married to Mr. Bill Asher. 
I have many memories of Bewitched, even though I did only one show. A wonderful gentleman was Darren, Dick York, who could be very funny and had a way of making everyone laugh, including me. He was a treasure trove of wild and crazy stories that he'd begin talking about as everyone except our director would break up and laugh about which, of course, definitely eased any tension on the set. Sam! I'm going home to Mother. What do you mean, going home to Mother? Your mother's always here! (laughs) There was a scene in that show when I was in bed and had to answer the phone. Hello? I'm sorry, there must be some mistake. I uh, wanted Mr. Stevens' room. This is Mr. Stevens' room. May I speak to Mr. Stevens, please? Oh, I'm sorry, he isn't here. It was perfectly innocent, but when I answered the phone, I accidentally sneezed. And at that moment, Bill Asher screamed, Cut! And I was mortified and immediately said, I'm sorry. He waited for everyone to be quiet and said, Take two, and action! At that very moment, the lunch wagon outside tooted the horn, and everything went to hell in a handbasket. Yes, it was lunchtime, but on our sound stage, we were thinking about getting the shot done, and, well, this was one of those things that happens rarely, but that noise distracted Bill Asher beyond his limit. First, my sneeze, and then the beep-beep horn for lunch. Not good, but worse for the actors and crew because our director was furious about the interruption. Another thing, another thing that shouldn't have happened was, well, when the soundstage is shooting, it's a foregone conclusion that the red light outside the soundstage door goes on. I can only assume that either the lunch truck didn't see it, or the red light didn't work. Either way, Bill Asher had every right to be angry and hopefully went to his trailer and possibly took a swig of something. (laughs) Anyway, in looking back, I vividly recall a specific day we were filming, and Agnes Moorhead and Dora was not feeling well. My recollection was that she changed her dialogue. Uh-oh. But it didn't matter because she delivered her own version with perfection and made perfect sense. Although Bill Asher, our director, seemed to be turning red. Yes. Actually, he looked as if he was going to blow his top. Agnes saw it. She was so good. And recognized it so fast that somehow there must have been some other encounter before, and she immediately yelled, Stop! Stop right now! Contain yourself, because everything I said worked perfectly, and I do not feel well. So, if you want me to continue, I will. But otherwise, I'm leaving now. (sighs) Well... There was a period of great silence, (laughs) and no human being dared to say a word. And then 
Bill Asher cleared his throat and said, <clears throat> Yes, those lines uh, you delivered were uh, p- perfect. Thank you. Now, all of you know how I hop around when I'm telling my stories, so this time it won't be any different. I'll go back in time to the night I found out that my dad had been playing around and cheating on my mother. That was a time I'll never forget and a night I'll always remember. These kinds of things stick in a young girl's mind and have a tendency to linger there for many moons, decades even. I always loved my dad, but now, looking back, sometimes I doubted his love for our family. In modern jargon, I can say unequivocally, a scar that will always remain. You see, I knew my dad was handsome and charming, a flirt of course, but now that vision as the forever head of our family, the one my mom, brother, and I looked to and depended on to be... Well, to be there and to make last and final decisions, but that night he seemed to be a transformed man that had become, in many ways, a man I didn't really know. And I would forever be stamped in my brain with somewhat of a thinking of him as a stranger. That was a 100% bummer. Moving right along, it occurred to me that there could have been a method to my dad's madness regarding all of the gifts he had given me throughout the years, but, well, perhaps I'm simply looking for excuses to carry a grudge. Not a healthy thing to do, so I won't dwell on it, but throughout the years, many things haunted me. Going back, I'll talk about what happened between my mom and dad, wasn't pretty, but life is sometimes crazy that way. And time passed, and next thing I knew, my dad took my brother to the car show in downtown L.A., where all the newest model cars were on display. By then, my brother had just turned 16. Uh, I'm describing the newest model cars because my brother was going to receive a big birthday present, although I don't think he knew. So I'll explain. While my brother and dad were at the car show, my brother pointed out to my dad a really good-looking girl, model. I think it was his first crush. Sadly, my dad saw the same model who was about 21 years old, and then... A giant catastrophe happened, and none of our lives were ever the same. I had already returned from finishing school in Lausanne and had met Bruce, been on the cover of Jan and Dean Take Linda Surfin album, and had begun acting classes with many coaches, including Lee Strasberg. Shortly after, I began with my first legit acting part in a series called... You you would never know this series because it was a long time ago, but anyway. A series called Ben Casey with Vince Edwards. My part was very juicy and had introducing 
Linda Gay Scott Billing. And from then on, I was acting in one show after another, and I loved it. Most exciting were my mom and grandmother's reactions. Dad was a bit too engrossed in his business, golf games, real estate, and socializing with VIPs. Now, I was moving along and doing well, but wanted to be in love. I wasn't any longer with Bruce, but was still nursing a bit of a broken heart. And by that time, Mom and Dad had divorced, and Dad had married that model from the car show in L.A. He and his bride were living on Summit Drive in Beverly Hills. Moreover, Dad bought another charming home on Camden Drive in Beverly Hills for my brother and me, I thought, and I lived in the main house and my brother moved into the guest house in the back while going to USC. Dad's hobby was fixing up properties and so I knew after a short time it wasn't a forever place for my brother and me to live, but it was lovely. Now there is a really, really funny story that I'll reveal that you, as my friends and fans, may laugh till you cry or even wet your undies, but I swear it's a true story. So okay, let's take a little break. Just hang in there. So at that time, my brother was living at SC, but occasionally stayed in the guest house, as I said before, and we were in Beverly Hills on Camden Drive, and I was longing to fall in love. One night, I had a desire, a strong desire, to drive someplace I'd never been. So I got myself together and put on a nice something or other and drove to a restaurant bar I'd never been to in my life, although I had heard about it. A good reputation, nice and respectable, is what I'd heard about it, and occasionally driven by it, but never, ever been there in my life. I parked my car, got out, and walked in, but to my surprise, there was a large bar filled with people about my age, at least that's what I thought. And I spied a restaurant dining room just beyond the bar area, so having never walked into a bar alone without a date before, well, I, I sat down at a stool at the rather generous bar and looked around. Now, I thought, what do I do? Across from me on the other side of the bar was a rather attractive guy, slightly handsome, but he had a drink in his hand and was talking to a girl about my age. He glanced at me, but I quickly looked away as I didn't, I didn't want to look like an easy pickup, right? And after all, she might have been his girlfriend, so I didn't want to get anybody in trouble. I then glanced over to check things out again and saw him moving away from the girl he'd been with. Uh-oh, next thing I knew, he'd gone. And I thought to myself, maybe this place is a little racy for me. And just then, the fellow from across the bar was standing next to me. Now, 
what do I do or say? But then he introduced himself and said, Hello, I'm Michael. Uh Uh-oh. He had the most beautiful or handsome smile I'd ever seen, and his teeth were so white and gorgeous. Now, it was my turn. (laughs) It was my turn to talk, but I do recall that I began to blush. Then all of a sudden, my brain began to work, and I said, Hi, I'm Linda. By that time, the glass of white wine I'd ordered was in front of me, and Michael was talking. This guy was a gentleman, although a wee bit high, I thought, but spoke well and was nice. A little intimidating, but certainly nothing I couldn't handle. As a matter of fact, I thought that I slightly intimidated him. Well, that was my first meeting with Michael, and from there he asked for my number. He walked me to my car and asked for his car to be brought around also. He had a pumpkin orange Porsche that was amazing and definitely in style at that time. A girl remembers these things. Well, long story short, I immediately had a crush on him, and the feeling was mutual. I could feel it. The craziest thing was that, well, within three days, he proposed, and he brought me to meet his family and talk about a whirlwind courtship. Oh, this one was outrageously fast. We were in love, all right. No mistake about that. We were inseparable and couldn't stop laughing, and it was as if we'd known one another forever. However, one night, he brought me home, and we disagreed about something, and then a weird thing happened. He slapped me on my face, (laughs) and no matter, (laughs) no man had ever done that, except maybe my dad, but that was back in Venice, Italy, second podcast. (laughs) Okay, I, I, I did receive a couple of spankings, but nothing super severe, but all of a sudden, I was turned off, turned off of Michael, and left him without a second thought. Almost immediately, he was after me, apologizing, but he'd made a big, big mistake. After much pleading and apologies, I decided to give him one more chance. (laughs) And he was very good after that. Now, oh gosh, I'm getting deep here, but Now, as I mentioned before, I was living on Camden Drive, and Michael had proposed. We were quietly engaged, but I just hadn't announced that to my mom or dad yet. Michael and I were inseparable, and he was sleeping over most of the time. However, it was a very hot summer in Beverly Hills. As Michael and I grew closer and closer, like two inseparable bodies. Now here's the kicker. Michael and I had been out the Saturday night before and slept in when all of a sudden the doorbell rang. We were tired but our bodies shot up like a rocket had fired. We looked at each other like what the heck was that? I was scared as I heard the doorbell ring again and then a loud voice at the front door yelled, Linda? Oh my 
God, it was my dad, Daddy. And I once again heard my name, Linda. And then I heard, Honey, it's Dad. Michael looked at me as I looked at him, and we were so caught, so caught. What could I do? My mind was reeling since my dad hadn't ever been introduced or even met Michael. He, he never had seen him, at least not yet. But all I could think of was, what the heck can I do? Immediately, I went to the top of the stairs. Master Bedroom was upstairs and yelled, Yes, hi, Dad. He answered and said, I'm coming in, honey, and I have the electrician with me. We have to check the lighting and electricity, honey. I'm starting with... Oh, wait a minute. He was starting to come into the house, and I, I'm, I'm a basket case, really. I'll be up soon, he said. Oh, my God, what the heck can I or we, Michael, possibly do? Please remember it was a top-of-the-line hottest summer day morning imaginable. And I, we, Michael and I, were caught beyond any nightmare possible. I had wanted to introduce my dad to Michael, but this was hardly the way or the, the day, shape, or form I wanted it to happen. Ah! Catastrophe! Sweating like crazy, I quickly thought, Okay, my dad has a weakness for pretty women, and I just happened to have a blonde wig hanging on the nightstand, or light stand, it was a light, anyway, you get it, next to the bed. My brain was absolutely over the top with frightening possibilities, but there was no time to think into the future as I had to quickly think this situation through. Okay, yes, Michael was feeling that there wasn't a snowball's chance in hell for him to ever be accepted into the family as Dad's son-in-law, right? Right. Okay. My gosh, there was more sweat and perspiration in that bedroom than any two human beings could ever imagine. Okay. There. There was but one thing I could try or at least take a shot at, and that was, I said, Michael, you stay under the covers, and I'll put the wig on your head, and I'll tell Daddy that you're my girlfriend, a beautiful model, and that you don't want anyone to see you looking so badly in the morning. It may not work, but then again, it may, and it's our only choice. Then Michael said, What about my legs? I'm six foot three, honey. <laughs> oh, God. I said, oh, I thought of that, I said, and I'll say, you're a supermodel. <laughs> now, my friends, please remember, it was a hot wave, like a Mexican hot wave in L.A., and poor, poor Michael had a morning beard, and again, hair was sticking to that sweaty beard because of the heat. Thinking to myself, again, I whispered, Oh, my God, please help me. 
Next thing I knew, Dad was knocking at the bedroom door, and I said, Hold on, Dad, just a minute. I gave a threatening whisper to Michael and said, Don't you dare come out from under those covers. I had my robe on and pulled the ruffled covers over Michael's long legs. Next thing I heard was, Honey, we're waiting, and I immediately interrupted him, my dad, and, and quietly um, I said, Daddy, my girlfriend slept over, and she's a beautiful model and doesn't want to meet She just doesn't want to meet you when she doesn't look good and whispering. You know, I said, Dad, she's heard a lot about you and doesn't want you to see her. He immediately said, Oh, and quietly said, Okay, honey. And he gave me a high five saying, I understand. And please, my dear friends, You all must imagine the nervous electrician under the eagle eye of my dad, who was now watching every movement when his worker came into the bedroom, as dad watched every move. Meantime, my dad kept clearing his throat, hoping and thinking he might steal a quick glance at the bewitching and beautiful supermodel (laughs) under the covers. Well, I was terrified that the sheets or covers hiding Michael's sweaty, hairy beard might be discovered. All I could think of was sweaty covers and hairy sheets. I thought to myself, oh my gosh, if I pull this off, I can pull anything off. Bye for now. Well. That was a trip. Thank you all for listening. I love you. Stay safe. And God bless. La, 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 la.